from the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, with two-man coverage of the red and gold, this is the Locked On Chiefs Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Welcome back, Chiefs fans. It's been an interesting weekend with the Marcus Peters trade, and we've been trying to dig up as much information as we can. If you heard our emergency pod, uh, it was a little bit as quick as we could get it. Uh, we got some more information and we were able to bring on Ben Albright from Denver radio. He's got some insight into what's going on. So, so we're going to talk to him in a second, but the only way we could get him was on the phone. So the audio is going to be a bit challenging. We wanted to get this information out for you and get his take on it because he's got contacts within the organization. And, uh, I know folks have been a little bit concerned about the audio quality, but it's a phone call, and that's the best that we can do, but we still want you to hear it. So bear with us, and thanks for listening. Here's Ben Albright. Ben, thank you very much for joining us. Really appreciate it. No, anytime, guys. A big weekend, a uh, big couple of days for Kansas City with this Marcus Peters trade. Uh, I guess my first question to you is how surprised are you that it happened as quickly as it seemed to? Well, you know, I guess uh, in the end, uh, I don't think we're all surprised. There had been some stuff leaking out. I, I personally hadn't heard anything, you know, ahead of time. So, um, but uh, you know, there were other people that had leaked out too. So, I guess uh, Brett Veach has, you know, kind of uh, uh, got his favorites in, in terms of who he's going to be leaking information to going forward versus uh, maybe some of the previous people. So, um, I, you know, ultimately, as far as um, it being as expedited as it was, I mean, they had. Uh, you know, a couple of weeks, I think two and a half weeks in on the deal all total. So I think, you know, it seems quicker maybe to fans, but, um, you know, in the end, they had plenty of time to work it. So clearly in the aftermath of this, you have to feel like the, the trade with Alex Smith and included Kendall Fuller had to be a prerequisite. So I think we feel like the team knew they were going down this direction. Is that really true with you? Um, yeah, I mean, you know, Andy Reid has always shown um, – uh, that he wants, you know, he, he has preferred positions and quarterback, offensive tackle, uh, a pass rusher and a pass, and a, and a pass catcher back there, excuse me, a pass defender back there. Um, you know, it's a corner position. If you look at his drafts, his free agent moves over the years. So it's always been the areas he's, he's emphasized and then kind of built around that. Um, so I, you know, I guess I would, I would say the Kendra Fuller thing is kind of a prerequisite, although Fuller, you know, kind of plays a different position. They play the same position, but maybe a different way. Um, than Marcus Peters, um, you know, Fuller's better out of the slot, um, you know, than, than being, uh, you know, a true outside corner, uh, although he's played at the times, um, you know, he's certainly better out of the slot. I think bringing in David Amerson as a reclamation project really kind of, um, you know, maybe fortified that overall. So we're sitting here and we're recording this. We still don't know compensation yet at this, at this point. Uh, have you heard anything on that front? Do you expect that they're going to be getting a good compensation for him? Well, I expect they wouldn't trade him without getting what they thought was fair. Um, you know, talking to the other side of the house in this on the Rams side, um, they refused flat out to give me the compensation. A guy who's been pretty reliable uh, in getting me Rams information more refused to give me the compensation and said it was part of the part of the deal was, you know, they were kind of keeping that under wraps um, until the deadline or closer to the deadline, and that was kind of a condition of the deal. So, um, you know, I think that people who, when I tweeted responding to somebody else about that last night, and they got quote tweeted and, and kind of thrown out there. Um, 
I, I think that people were kind of in histrionics about, well, this means we got a bad deal, and that's not what that means at all. The, you know, the, the, the competitor for, um, you know, Marcus Peters in this case was the Niners, a division rival of the Rams, so you can understand why they would want a gentleman's agreement to, you know, maybe not leak the deal before it's official so that the Rams didn't, um, you know, come through with uh, uh, a bigger package, or the Niners, excuse me, didn't come through with a bigger package. Does that make you feel like it's a deal that the Chiefs don't want to lose in, in agreeing to that stipulation, or is it something that um, they're trying to just get as much as they can given the situation that they're in with the player? I think it's both. I think, you know, I think this deal's going to end up coming out very fair once it's released. It was certainly hinted at to me that it was going to be, you know, quite fair. Um, I think that uh, uh, both these sides want to see it done. Um, and I think that, you know, in the end, um, it's good for both teams, um, you know, to kind of keep that under wraps. It's good for Kansas City for whatever the condition is in there, that if it doesn't leak, they get X, Y, and Z. And it's good for the Rams and that it doesn't leak because they get a, a you know, a great young player uh, who's still on uh, a cheap contract, at least for the next season, gives us some, some flexibility to sign him going forward for, for Wade Phillips' defense. Let's switch gears here a little bit. What do you think this means for Kansas City moving forward this season? Uh, I mean, obviously they moved on from Alex Smith, and we'll talk about that in just a second. But just overall, you look at moving on from Alex Smith to go to Patrick Mahomes, and now you trade away one of your best pieces on defense, uh, which is not a, a direction that most people thought that this would be going for Kansas City. Well, you know, I think that Kansas City understands that uh, previous general manager kind of hamstrung them a little bit uh, financially. That's part of the reason Jungle is no longer even there. Um, and so I think that, that they understand that there's going to be people that they're going to have to pay going forward. And um, so they need to figure out where their flexibility is, where they can build. Um, and with the identity of the, the team changing, maybe philosophically the defense changes as well. On the offensive side of the football, um, you know, Alex Smith was a highly efficient quarterback who didn't turn the football over, but there were times where he couldn't make plays that he needed to make uh, in order to keep the offense on the field, matriculating the ball. Now you've got Pat Mahomes over there, a guy who's probably going to turn the ball over at a higher clip than Alex did, but, you know, he can also make some of those big plays, um, you know, that, that maybe Alex didn't. So, you know, I think their defensive identity changes, whereas before you had a defense that needed to not be, um, that needed to not give up points quite a bit because, you know, you had an offense that would stall uh, a little bit more often, even if it did, uh, you know, even if it didn't turn it over. Um, it was a field position difference that they were getting before that they may or may not get now. And so, you know, I think what they want to do is revamp the culture, revamp the philosophy a little bit, and, and kind of go from there. So does that feel to you like it's maybe, maybe not completely, but a partial return to kind of the vermeil years where the offense is really – counted upon to generate enough points. The defense just had to get a few stops here and there to keep the, the opponent from catching up. Right. I, I think that the, you know, the Andy Reid philosophy, you know, and the, and the philosophy going forward is going to be, we're going to try to put up a lot of points on offense and on the defensive side of the football, instead of maybe stopping and holding people to zero points, what we're going to do instead is try to generate turnovers. We'll give up some points here or there to do that. But if we can steal a possession here or there, we should win football games because now our offense should be capable of putting up 30 a game. And, you know, if the defense can hold them to, you know, up to 24 and get a turnover, we're, we're set. Do you see Kansas City still making some more moves? I know that everybody's talked that you know Tom Mahali is really probably the most obvious one that's still probably coming at some point in the next week or two uh, before the new league year starts. Or are there any other moves you think Kansas City is going to be making over the next couple of weeks? 
Yeah, Holly's going to be gone. You'll probably see Daniel Sorensen gone with a post June one designation. Um, you know, there could be there could be a couple other uh, shuffles. Um, you know, along the offensive line in terms of uh, you know who they let go and, and or move on from. But you know, overall, I think the core of this team is uh, is pretty set. Um, you need to you know you need to get younger and, and more athletic at the linebacking core. I think you're seeing them do that. Um, you know, with getting rid of uh, you know Holly and, and and Derek Johnson. So um, you know, I think that's going to be the focus um, draft is you know is trying to get younger and more athletic with the with the linebacking core. In terms of trying to replace a talent like Peters, given that it's kind of a unique free agent market this year, are you hearing things about what might go on with Malcolm Butler or or Johnson, who's in L.A. now? Or uh, do you think the Chiefs could be players in that? Or do you think they're really trying to get younger and cheaper and that means the draft? I think they're trying to get younger and cheaper on the defensive side of the football. Um, and I don't think they're going to be big players in free agency. They may try their best to, you know, put an offer for Albert Wilson, um, or, you know, a receiver they, they very much like. Um, but overall, Wilson's going to have a big market. Um, you know, Philadelphia and Chicago are both going to be in on him. Um, so it's going to be, it's going to be a tough sell, um, you know, overall. I, I don't know that Kansas City's going to make a splashy free agent move this year. I think this is more of a youth movement reload. And then, you know, once they, once they get rolling with the new identity, they can kind of see where the deficiencies are next year and then address those if they need to that way. So you do think that they're going to be basically doing a reloading year and that this is more looking at a run in 2019 and 2020 as opposed to making a run this year? In that idea, is it possible that they look at moving on from any other big names like maybe Justin Houston, maybe not this off season, but next? I think that's part of the deal. I think they intend to be competitive this season, don't get me wrong. Um, you know, they're not tanking by any means. They intend to be competitive, right. but they're also not going to go out and spend a bunch of money for, you know, a one, one stopgap player and overpay free agents when, you know, hopefully a youth movement will fix that. So um, Houston could be, you know, could be moved on from, uh, but he won't be, it certainly won't be this season. Um, you know, after this season, you might see something like that. But uh, at this point in time, he's still very much part of the plans. I think the one position that I'd like to see to make some movement on is uh, probably the left guard position. There's a couple of big free agents out there, but in general, not a whole lot. Do you feel like most of those big name linemen are signed there that are at? Do you hear about movement? Uh, you know, I, I suspect that's another area where they would look to the draft. Um, you know, I don't think you're going to go out and overpay. Um, you know, for a, for a left guard, I, I think they like their offensive line. I think there's been some health issues, but I, I think overall they they mostly like their offensive line. Um, you know, I think that they'd like to uh, um, get back to a two-headed rushing attack with uh, with with Kareem Hunt and Spencer Ware, um, and we'll see how that works out. If that doesn't take a little bit of the pressure off the offensive line in the pass game, but um, you know, overall, I, I think they're I think they like their offensive line. If we get back to Marcus Peters for just a second. Uh, does it say something to you that they only had a couple of suitors uh, for a talent like Marcus Peters? Point? I mean, yeah, you hear the 49ers, yeah, you hear the Rams, but it, it sounds like the Browns were really never that interested, the Colts really were never that interested, and those are the two guys uh, in Ballard and John Dorsey that went out and, tra- or went out and drafted him. Well, I think they know he's kind of a you know a head case and liability, and I think that they don't want to import that culture, um, you know, in the locker room for all his talent on the field, and he has an incredible amount of talent. He can be a liability at times. You know, we've all seen the antics on the field. We've all seen uh, some of the off-field stuff. And so I think those guys definitely don't want to import that culture into the new situations that they're in. I think that you know they they feel like that they can go out if they identified a player like that once before that they can probably do it again in the draft. 
why would you go out and trade an asset for a guy you're going to have to massively overpay uh, at some point? Let somebody else do that. If it works out for them, good for them. And clearly the Rams have to feel that Wade himself is enough to to offset what is probably going to be a continued problem with his Peter's behavior on the field. That's a, a chance of willing to take, it seems, right? Well, you got to think so. And if anybody could handle a personality like that, it's Wade Phillips, who's dealt with that personality type before to keep to leave in Denver. Um, so I think, you know, I think if anybody's the master of the domain at, at handling that kind of personality at the corner position, Wade's shown an affinity for it before. Why not give him another shot at it now? Uh, let's switch bases a little bit here. Do you see this AFC West being changing much in the off season? I know that you're a Denver guy. You're in the Denver area. Uh, what do you see Denver doing that's really going to change their team moving forward? Well, Denver's going to push all in on Kirk Cousins, and we'll see if that works out for him. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know that it will or won't. I don't know that it will or won't get him. Um, but if they do, there's going to have to be some restructuring and stuff like that. They're going to be tight on money. If they don't, uh, it's going to be another year with an inexperienced, inexperienced quarterback probably through the draft and pairing of a, you know, a journeyman free agent, whether that's a Case Keenum or a Josh McCown type. Um, so I think that, excuse me, I think that, um, you know, Denver is still probably the last place division, uh, last place team in this division. Um, you know, Oakland's going to be having a bit of a turnaround with Gruden, but they've still got all kinds of defensive problems it's going to have to deal with. That offense looks to rebound a little bit now that Todd Downing's gone, uh, but they're still probably the, the number three team in the division. Um, and, you know, Kansas City's probably going to take a little bit of a step back. Anytime you've got a rookie starter out there, it's it's going to be a little step back. There's going to be some growing pains. There'll be some explosive fun moments, and there's going to be some, some head smackers. So, you know, I, I think that Kansas City with the roster turnover is probably the number two team in the division. And then, you know, you've got the Chargers who are loaded uh, with talent. They just need to put it all together uh, and get a, and get a decent kicking game. If they'd had a decent kicking game, they would have won the division this year. Um, and I think uh, I, I think they're going to be the team to beat next year. Real quick, I, I know I'm jumping in front of Ryan, but I have to ask a question. So do you think, in your opinion, that Denver's ready to move on from Paxton Lynch at this point? Well, they, they, in their minds, they already have. Um, I, they're keeping him around just because of the, the the money constraints and everything else, and to give him one more shot this uh, this preseason because it doesn't hurt them anything to do so. Um, but if the money were right, he would already be gone. Um, that's my last question mark about this division. Is, is, does Simeon have any trade value out there amongst other evaluators in the league? Uh, Trevor Simeon, uh, you get a late pick out of him. It's not going to be anything that's you know that's staggering, but you can get a sixth or a seventh out of him. Um, you know, as far as that kind of stuff goes, he's a cheap quarterback who uh, you know can play at a bottom of the tier, you know, bottom tier of the league level uh, spot start. You know, you can still win with him if you got a good defense and a strong run game, um, and somebody gets hurt. So, you know, I, I think a team like the uh, you know like the Jets who just hired Rick Dennison, uh, it's probably the team you're looking at get a sixth or seventh round pick out of Simeon. And, and, uh, and just move on. So do you think that the Raiders are going to be, you don't think they're going to be as competitive maybe necessarily in 18 as they could possibly be in 19 with Gruden coming back? Do you think his uh, style of coaching is going to, do you think he's going to have to update what he was doing, obviously a little bit maybe, uh, and where are they going to go from there with bringing him back into the fold? Well, his style is different. It's very intense, very interface. I don't know if that meshes well with Derek Carr. We'll see. Um, but I think the offense will certainly be more competent. Todd Downing was 
woefully overmatched for the job. Never been an offensive coordinator at any level. Um, you know, as big as claim to fame, we're uh, working in the personnel department with the Rams, the quality control guy, and being a high school wide receivers coach in Minnesota. So um, he was just woefully unprepared. And you could see that in the offense last year. They ran very, very vanilla, very basic concept stuff. And uh, it, just, it just wasn't good. wasn't a good fit. Um, you know, so I, I think that, uh, you know, their offense will be more competent. I don't know that Gruden's coaching style is a match for, for what they do, but, uh, you know, we'll see how it shakes out. Ben, thank you so much for coming on. We really appreciate it. Always enjoy having you on the show. No, no problem at all. Thanks for listening to the Locked On Chiefs podcast. While you're out there, give us a rating or review. And reach out to us on Twitter, at Ryan Tracy NFL and at Chris Clark NFL. We'll talk to you next time.